Hello and welcome to episode three of my mental health podcast, uh, Good Luck at the Glue Factory. If you're enjoying the podcast, uh, don't forget to subscribe to it, just that way you will receive a notification uh, as and when I do release a new episode. Uh, so I just want to start this one off uh, with a bit of an update uh, on the podcast as uh, this one is going to be the last one in uh, what I'm calling a bit of a mini-series uh, for season one. Uh, so a bit like The Walking Dead or The US Office, uh, where they only heard a few episodes of the first seasons to leave you wanting more. Uh, but instead of a TV series about zombies or a comedy about working in office, this one is a podcast about mental health, but hopefully you are still left wanting more. And if you do, uh, hopefully that way you'll come back for season two, uh, which will be better than the mini-series, as it won't just include me. And it will actually be speaking uh, to a number of guests as well who've agreed to come onto the podcast. Uh, so the reason I've decided to pause this one after three episodes uh, is just because at the minute I don't have any of the content pre-recorded. Uh, so I'm just having to kind of find the time to work on each episode uh, when I do have some spare time in between working at a full-time job. Uh, the idea originally, uh, when I did start it, was to try and get them released frequently, uh, one a week or one every two weeks, uh, but it's not kind of panned out that way. And obviously that's why there's been a month's gap between uh, episodes uh, two and three. And I never want to rush an episode. Uh, and that's why there has been that gap, just because I want to make sure the content is right. And because it's not pre-recorded, that's why it's been taking me a little bit longer uh, to do that uh, but the plan is uh, take a bit of a break uh, I'm not sure how long uh, that's going to be uh, but just to give myself a bit of time really just to get that content pre-recorded uh, so then when it does come back I'll be able to release, release episodes more frequently I'll be able to do it one a week uh, because I'll have it there ready uh, to release and I won't have to kind of find any time in between uh, so that that's where I'm uh, hoping it's going to go anyway uh, is to eventually have it uh, released once a week. Uh, so that's that's kind of the plan for it, and that's why I'm deciding to just take that pause after three episodes. So hopefully you have enjoyed uh, the first two. Uh, hopefully you'll enjoy this one. And then hopefully when you come back, uh, when I do release uh, the first episode of the season two, it will be more frequency. So you will um, have it available more frequently rather than there being such a big gap in between really uh, also a new podcast profile photo uh, you might have noticed uh, my cousin Chris uh, works on that which obviously resembles uh, the shaking hands uh, that I talked about in episode 1 of uh, my dad saying good luck at the glue factory as I'm pulling him up and then never letting go uh, so really happy uh, with that picture uh, so just want to kind of say uh, thanks really to my cousin Chris for getting that uh, all sorted for me. Uh, so now you've got an update on the podcast and where it's going in the future. Uh, just going to get started uh, with the topic of this episode, uh, which is me, myself and anxiety. I know, I know there isn't actually a capital I in the middle of the word anxiety, uh, but I've just spelt it like that just to emphasise the fact uh, that I personally struggled uh, with anxiety. And in this episode, that's where I'm going to be sharing uh, my story and just going into a bit of detail about how I was affected uh, by anxiety and depression and kind of where it all started for me. Uh, so to do that, I'm uh, just going to take you back to November 2018. Uh, so I was working at Larry Beck uh, call centre in Wigan Town Centre 
and I've been there for just under nine years at the time. Uh, so I started off as a customer service advisor, started working there when I was 18 and then worked my way up uh, to a team leader, uh, which was a role I loved doing, really enjoyed it. I love the workplace in general. Uh, the people that I work with, you know, they, they did make me want to kind of come into work every day. And a number of them, uh, you know, I still speak to now and consider really good friends. You know, it's just a, an environment that I was overall comfortable with. You know, I enjoy what I did for a living. There was no real reason for me to leave. Um, but as much as I did love the job and the people, uh, personally, you know, I did want to change career. Uh, just to kind of fulfil uh, the ambitions uh, that I had for, for myself and an opportunity presented itself to me at the time in November 2018. And I just felt after working there for nine years, although I, I loved it and had no reason to leave other than, you know, just trying to fulfil my ambitions, I just felt this was uh, the right time. I kind of figured the longer I stayed, the, uh, the harder it would be. For me to take that step and leave because every year that passed, I just became more and more comfortable uh, in the role that I was doing. Uh, so, anyway, so after nearly nine years uh, working at Larry Beck, I applied for a new job. And uh, in November 2018, I was invited to attend uh, an interview. And I'd say at this point, uh, the only anxiety I was feeling really was the normal level of anxious you get before an interview. Uh, so, I went for the interview, uh, and as always, uh, you know, you think you come out of it and think you've not done that well. You should have said this. You should have said that. Uh, normal feeling uh, you get, which is exactly how I felt after the interview. Uh, but after me thinking it didn't go well, obviously something uh, did go well for me uh, because I was sent a conditional offer uh, for the job in January 2019. And as long as I passed all the pre-employment checks, uh, I'd then be sent a formal offer. Uh, which came in uh, February 2019. And then after receiving the offer and then accepting the job, uh, that's really when my anxious thoughts really started to begin. You know, I started at Larry Beck, as I said, when I was 18. You know, and here I was uh, this time in January 2019, you know, 27, uh, ready to leave this job uh, at Larry Beck, which was not an easy decision. Uh, to make, you know, I was in a routine uh, that I was used to. Uh, as I said, I had good friends there. Uh, I enjoyed the job as well as actually being good at the job as well. You know, I had a good work-life balance and was in my comfort zone, if you like. Uh, but the most important thing for me is that I was happy and I, I didn't want that to change. Uh, so all of these factors and the reality then kicking in uh, that I was leaving after working there for so long that's when, uh, you know, the anxious thoughts really for me uh, kind of started swirling around in my head. I know it's normal to feel anxious when you're starting a new job, uh, but the thoughts I was having uh, just made it difficult for me to get excited uh, about the new career path uh, that was going down. You know, in my head, I was constantly overthinking uh, what could go wrong, uh, the what-if questions. I just go round and round in my head, you know, such as, you know, what if leaving is a mistake? You know, what if I can't get used to the shift routine I've been working? What if I'm not good at the new job? You know, what if I don't like it? Where do I go then? You know, a lot of what ifs that, you know, they probably do sound stupid as it's just a new job. You know, but these were thoughts I just could not shake off. You know, people might say, you know, well, why didn't you 
just stay there then if you were happy, you know, and not leave. And yeah, it would have been uh, quite easy uh, for me to do that. Uh, but to quote a lyric uh, from a Kanye West and Jay-Z remix to Diamonds, I had to get off the boat uh, so I could walk on water. And it doesn't sound as good when I say it in my accent, so I do apologise. Uh, but anyway, the way I've seen it, uh, to kind of put it into context, is that if I didn't step out of my comfort zone, then I'd never be able to fulfil uh, those ambitions that I had. And I'd never know uh, kind of how it would have panned out for me. So I did take that step. So I stepped out of my comfort zone. Or should I say I got off the boat just to see if I could walk on water. And then on the 23rd of April uh, 2019, uh, that's when it officially uh, started uh, the new job. And I figured at the time, you know, the anxious thoughts I was having, uh, you know, they passed once I did start. Uh, but that wasn't the case. Uh, you know, they started then uh, to begin to get worse because now I'd started the new job. The feelings of anxiety I was having, you know, they now weren't only about whether I made the right choice in leaving Larry Bet. They were now more about the job that I was doing. The what if questions again. You know, what if I don't pass the training phase? What if I'm not mentally prepared to do the job? You know, what if I make a mistake? You know, so now not only was I trying to convince myself that I did make the right choice, I was also, you know, trying to tell myself that the understanding, that the pressures of the new job, you know, they will come in time and I just needed to be patient. You know, I figured it was something new for me. I'd not, you know, been in this position for like nine years. So I just figured, you know, it was normal, you know, and it will pass. But it wasn't, it wasn't passing. And no matter how much I'd tell myself, you know, that I was going to be all right, the anxious thoughts would pass. They actually only began to get more constant and began to just kind of overload uh, in my head, really. You know, I was telling myself I was all right and to everyone else that I was asking, you know, how I was, how the new job was going. You know, I'd just take the easy option and just say, you know, I'm good, thanks, and the new job's going well. You know, but inside, you know, I was saying, you know, I'm not all right. And actually, I'm struggling, adapting to changing jobs. You know, I said it before about, you know, being at Larry Beck and being there for so long and enjoying the job, getting to know the people I work with. You know, I was happy and I didn't want that to change, as I said. And at this point, you know, it has, it has changed because at the minute, you know, I was feeling that I weren't happy and people were asking it wasn't. I just figured, oh, you know, it's... What I was feeling, you know, it just felt like it was a bit stupid, a bit daft, and it, it would pass. So I just thought, you know what, it's going to pass. So I'm just going to say I'm all right and the new job's going well. And hopefully, eventually, those thoughts did all pass. But because of how constant these anxious thoughts were, you know, that just wasn't happening. And these anxious thoughts now became my only concentration. You know, the basics are just watching a bit of TV or you know, I quite like playing a bit of FIFA, you know, or even listening to music, you know, they were of no in, no interest to me whatsoever, you know, when I was going uh, through what I was feeling at the time. I was losing uh, my appetite, uh, struggling to sleep, uh, which for someone who does love sleep and uh, considers considers a McDonald's for breakfast, a Subway for dinner and KFC for tea acceptable, you know, this just wasn't normal for me. And I don't really think them things are acceptable. Um, but anyway, uh, so I'd just sit there uh, when the telly was on. Uh, I'd just zone out. Or I'd be laying in bed at night or 
in the day after waking up for a night shift, you know, with all these anxious thoughts just running through my head that I, no matter what I tried, I just could not shift them. And then my anxiety had then get worse. It's a, you know, I knew, you know, how these were kind of signs of depression. And after seeing how depression controlled my dad's life, you know, I didn't want the same thing to happen to me, but that was kind of what it was feeling for me at the time is because just the anxiety was just, that was it for me. It was, I just could not shift anything. So I was just constantly overthinking things and it was just hard to kind of look past that really. And the truth is I felt stupid and embarrassed at what I was going through. You know, it was all, it was all over a new job. So I, I didn't want to tell anyone, you know, through fear of kind of being judged from that. And it was hypocritical. Uh, me to say that uh, to think that sorry as I've always expressed about how if you're struggling you know you should talk about how you're feeling you know to get that weight lifted off your shoulders uh, but here I was carrying uh, this weight that I knew uh, that I couldn't carry alone uh, I'd only ever seen my dad struggle with depression and see what it did to him uh, but now I was struggling uh, you know personally I then kind of began to realize just how hard it is to be able to talk about your feelings you know, Carla, my fiance, she'd ask every day if it was all right. You know, and I'd just put on that brave face and say, oh, you know, I'm fine, knowing full well that I wasn't actually fine. You know, the anxiety that I was feeling at the time was massively wearing me down and, you know, it was taking its toll on me. And luckily, uh, you know, Carla, being the type of person she is, you know, she's quite persistent and uh, noticed that there was a uh, change in me, you know, where I'd gone quiet wasn't really interacting with her that much, you know, mainly due to the fact I wasn't uh, winding her up every minute of every day, which to her was probably the biggest sign uh, that I weren't okay. Uh, so Carla would just keep asking me, you know, if I was okay, and usually I, I would be able to hold it all together. You know, I'd just tell her I was fine. Um, but on this particular occasion, uh, it was in September 2019, I was uh, getting ready uh, to leave for a night shift. And again, you know, Carla asks, you know, Brian, are you okay? And at that point, you know, that's just when I dropped the weight that I've been carrying on my shoulders and I just broke down uh, in tears, you know, telling her, you know, that I wasn't really okay and, you know, just kind of going over how I've been struggling with anxiety. I kind of just got everything uh, off my chest, everything that I've been carrying around for like months, you know, prior to taking the job and then taking it, you know, everything uh, that I kind of experienced uh, up until this point. I just kind of told her absolutely everything, uh, you know, how I'd been struggling and, you know, whether I'd made the wrong choice, uh, changing jobs as I was struggling, you know, with a new routine and how I was struggling with the pressures of the new job as well. You know, I did kind of doubt myself at times whether, you know, I was good enough to do this job or, you know, constantly thinking I've made a mistake in leaving a job that I actually enjoyed doing, you know, to the point where just to try and kind of shift these anxious feelings and just kind of get that happiness back, you know, I began to text because I knew works in different departments at Larry Beck asking him, you know, is, is there any jobs going? Uh, at the time, there weren't. And I suppose now looking back, uh, you know, it's quite glad really uh, that there weren't. I think at the time that was just kind of, what I wanted to do just because I thought that I'd help ease the anxiety really uh, and but I mean as I said I'm quite thankful that it wasn't 
the case and I, I did kind of stick at the job and in talking to Carl that kind of helped me get the help that I needed to avoid having to leave the job and actually just be able to deal with the uh, the anxiety itself to, to kind of manage that situation. You know, so going back to me, you know, I was talking to Carla, I told her absolutely everything. You know, for me, that weight was lifted. You know, it, it felt great to just be able to kind of tell someone um, that I weren't all right and just be able to tell them absolutely everything. You know, and if it weren't for Carla being so persistent in asking if I was all right, you know, to everyone else, you know, I probably could have been able to hold it together, you know, and just say I was all right. So, you know, luckily she did keep asking me and, you know, eventually I took that step and, you know, spoke to her, uh, which is what I knew that I needed to do for a long time. You know, I wanted to speak to uh, Carl. She told me that I needed to speak to someone at work about how I was feeling and uh, also said, you know, I should speak to uh, my doctor as well to see if they can help with the uh, anxious thoughts I was having. Uh, so when I went to work uh, after speaking to Carla, I uh, I went in and uh, told my uh, mentor, uh, Lynn, it was uh, just how I was feeling. Uh, you know, and again, it, it was kind of good to be able to, again, uh, kind of get it off my chest and speak to someone, especially, you know, someone in that same work environment as me as well. And just telling Lynn and kind of explaining to her how I was feeling, you know, again, it really helped me. And, uh, you know, Lynn was supportive and again made me feel so much better like I did to Carly you know when I spoke to her uh, you know about the challenges that I've been facing since starting the new job and just being able to deal with all the pressures that came with it you know and Lynn just kind of listened to what I had to say and it was just overall uh, massive support after I spoke to her you know she'd always catch up with me and ask if it was all right and that, that did really help as well as you know other people uh, in work as well at the time did you know just me speaking to people, uh, I just was just kind of um, just trying to be open and honest as I possibly could, and that kind of helped me uh, a lot, really. Uh, so I also spoke to uh, my brother, uh, JP, uh, a couple of days later. Uh, so he met up at my dad's grave, as we used to do uh, every week. And again, you know, I broke down in tears. You know, I was telling him I weren't all right. And again, just how much I've been struggling, uh, you know, for a good good few months. And, you know, it's probably I keeping it from JP as he's the always he's always the one that I lean on uh, for advice, but just because of how stupid and embarrassed I initially felt, you know, I just didn't want him to know. Uh, but Carla just, you know, she gave me that confidence really, just to be honest uh, with my feelings. So I told him, you know, and the only wish I'd kind of spoke to Carla, Lynn, JP sooner, you know, as I had no reason to feel stupid or embarrassed and you know they all helped me uh, so much and you know I did feel better for kind of getting it out there and speaking to them you know and that's when I took the step as well of speaking to my doctors as well just to see what help they could offer me uh, if any so I spoke to them and they made me go through uh, what was like an anxiety uh, depression uh, questionnaire uh, so I scored a four uh, for depression and an eight for anxiety. Uh, if I remember correctly, I think it scored it out of 18. Uh, so based on that, uh, you know, you're probably thinking that the score for anxiety is probably not that high, but I think for me, I got the help at the right time. 
uh, before it, it got worse, which is, that's the way it kind of felt at the time. So after going through the questionnaire, I was offered the chance to speak to someone in person uh, or I could go through an online uh, cognitive behavioural therapy programme. And I took the option of the CBT uh, programme. As otherwise, I would have had to wait between, I think it was around eight to 12 weeks to speak to someone in person. And I wanted to do something as soon as possible just to kind of help get control of my thoughts and feelings. And luckily, you know, for me, the CBT program uh, did work. You know, I appreciate, you know, it's not for everyone. And, you know, people actually do need to speak to a person, you know, and that's fair enough. You know, everyone's got their own way to kind of dealing with it. You know, but as I said, luckily, uh, you know, the, the program uh, that I went through, it did work and it helped me, you know, just control you know, the anxious thoughts that I was having, as well as just realising that feeling feeling anxious, it is completely normal. But when you do get to that point, it's just about being able to control your thoughts when you do get anxious, you know, by using a number of techniques that I did learn uh, off the back of the CBT programme. Uh, and after I completed it, I had to complete the questionnaire again, uh, just to kind of see uh, how much it's helped as uh, so the depression score went from a four to a zero and the anxiety went from an eight to a three uh, so it was you know quite clear there that, that it did help me i think what's important as well is that the anxiety uh, didn't go away completely you know the depression went from a four to a zero so you know i wasn't really showing symptoms of depression you know but the anxiety went from an eight to a three to, to say that you know i am still having those anxious thoughts and i think that's the normal level of anxious that anyone gets, uh, you know, because I think it's just the normal thing to do, isn't it? But I think when, you know, if them thoughts get a little bit too much and they're constantly uh, going around in your head, I think that's the point where you need to kind of be thinking of, you know, just trying to speak to someone, you know, seeing uh, if, you know, there's, there's any kind of help available to you out there. And, you know, me personally reaching out and getting the help I needed, I was able to control any anxious thoughts, uh, you know, and I, that, that's the same situation now. You know, whenever I do kind of get any anxious thoughts that come and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm able to kind of manage it a lot better now by using those techniques. And, you know, that's led to me, you know, going back to enjoying the little things in life again, you know, watching TV, actually being able to interact with Carla again, and, you know, going back to, Having that um, Mackey's for uh, breakfast, Subway for dinner and a KFC for tea. Uh, you know, th those things for me uh, just kind of became normal again. Aside from having all them meals, by the way, I am only joking, I promise. And uh, sleeping again, uh, loving sleep as, uh, as much as I did. Uh, you know, I felt like when I was uh, going through the anxiety, uh, sleep pattern was all over the place just because I wasn't getting much sleep because the anxious thoughts were just swirling around in me at that much. It's just, it was quite hard to sleep. But as I said, through getting the help I needed and being able to manage those thoughts, it's, you know, kind of helped me get back to normality really. And the main one of all is obviously going back to winding Carla up every minute of every day as well. Uh, so talking to those you know, close to me and seeking the professional help that I needed. As I said, it's helped me manage any anxious thoughts that I'm now faced with. And I now know, uh, you know, that whenever you do get a bit too much and 
you know, the, the kind of constant where it's affecting, uh, you know, just like day-to-day life, really. You know, I need, I know that I need to be talking to people, you know, without feeling stupid or embarrassed because it's, you know, it's completely normal. You know, I can control them so they don't control me, which is kind of the way it was going uh, when I was struggling. You know, and in that time uh, that's passed since I opened up about it, I always feel I've got the help that I need needed. You know, I moved into a new role within the same organisation and throughout the interview process, you know, the trading and starting the job, you know, I was able to control those anxious thoughts that I got when I left Larry Beck, you know, and getting used to that new routine and environment. You know, it it, it was a lot easier uh, the transition uh, kind of period for me because I'd learned how to kind of manage and like deal with the anxious thoughts that I was getting. You know, so going back to that lyric, uh, so as I stepped off the boat, you know, I felt I was drowning. You know, but after finding the courage to shout for help, you know, I was able to find that strength to be able to to walk on water. You know, and that that's my story really on the struggles that I faced with anxiety and depression. You know, my message to anyone struggling uh, with anxiety, depression, or whether it's any other mental health issue, is just don't be ashamed of talking about how you are feeling. It really is okay not to be okay. You know, and I discovered that firsthand. If someone asks, are you okay? You know, don't worry about breaking down. You know, never feel ashamed, embarrassed or stupid. You know, be proud that you've actually had the courage to say, you know what? I'm not actually all right. You know, when those feelings of, you know, anxious or sadness become constant and you begin losing enjoyment in life, you know, that's what you need to talk to someone and get the help that you need. And I know it's a lot easier said than it is done. But believe when I say that when you take that step, you, know, you will be able to manage those thoughts and feelings a lot better, which can then help you, you know, start to enjoy life again. You know, and I managed to get help, you know, when I had a very mild case of depression. So I never had any thoughts of self-harm or suicide. But if I didn't get the help when I did and I didn't speak to the people uh, around me, um, you know, those that knew me when I did, you know, my measure of depression could have been, you know, higher than anxiety. So the sooner you realise, you know, okay, you know, you do give yourself a better chance of recovery and being able to get that help you need to start enjoying life again. I'm talking about your thoughts and feelings, it's not easy. I know it isn't. But when you find that strength to talk, you know, that's when those around you, friends, your family, you know, your work colleagues, you know, they will be able to help you uh, through the tough times. You know, and help is out there, you know, whether you look for it through speaking to Samaritans on one one six one two three, or you look at what mind charity can do to help, you know, or you speak to family, friends, you know, work colleagues as I've said, or if it is a professional. You know, just know that it is okay not to be okay. You know, it's why you're able to go on to the NHS website and complete the depression anxiety questionnaire that I did at the start and the end of my CBT program. You know, so you can actually self-assess yourself and understand, you know, from a personal level just how much you're struggling. You know, the Goldberg anxiety scale is another way of determining how severe your anxious thoughts are. It's so the Goldberg anxiety scale, it's a set of nine questions where you score one when your answer is yes. And then the higher you score, the more severe your anxious thoughts are. And if you do score high, you know, it 
kind of signals, you know, that it's important to kind of seek help and, you know, make sure you do if that's the case. You know, so when you are struggling, you know, just please don't suffer in silence. I know just how heavy, you know, that weight can be. You know, I know it is difficult. You know, I know um, I say there is help out there and you know, going down the professional route, I know it's uh, it's not always available immediately. You know, as I found out, if I did want to speak to someone personally and the CBT program didn't work for me, you know, I would have had a long way to speak to someone personally and, you know, it's not right. And, you know, that does need to change and hopefully that will come. Uh, but I think just initially taking that step of speaking to someone, you know, whether it's a friend or family member, just speak to someone and just be honest about your feeling because there really is no shame in kind of talking about how you're feeling. No, and to anyone that asked that question, are you okay? And their answer is no, you know, just listen and be there for them. You know, let's look out for each other, look after our mental health. You know, and I'll bring an end uh, to the episode on that one and uh, close the mini-series of the uh, first season of the podcast. Uh, so I really do hope you've enjoyed listening. Uh, you know, I hope the, the content has been good and it has hopefully uh, helped make a difference. And uh, hopefully if you have enjoyed it that much, I uh, hope I will be in your ears again for season two. Uh, so I'll see you soon. Thank you.